those the topic that we have been in, the theme for the past couple of weeks so far? Yeah, faith. It's been the topic of faith. Does anybody remember like, the full name of the of, of what we've been? Yeah, radical faith, right? So it says you fight on pressing into radical faith. Um, so we're gonna do a quick recap of what y'all have learned so far, and then we're gonna jump into the final topic for today. Um, and so. Uh, as we're going uh, on, some of the clipboards that were passed on earlier will slowly go around, so y'all just like throw that out silently. Um, but we're going to jump uh, right into it. So, a uh, quick recap: uh, What is faith? What is faith? So we've been learning about faith for the last three weeks. So, somebody give me uh, a, a definition or anything about faith. Oh, okay. Oh, faith is like a belief. Faith is like a belief. Nice, nice. Any other thoughts on what faith is? We've been, we've been learning it for some time. It's been like what we've been trying to get y'all to understand. So, uh, really, anything, what do you understand faith to be? It doesn't have to be anything like dictionary. It's like believing in something that you haven't seen or heard. Believing in something you have not seen or heard. Awesome. These are really great definitions of faith. Um, what are the <laughs> One of the chapters of the Bible that talks about faith uh, most clearly, or most directly, uh, is the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And so if you ever want to learn a lot about faith, um, you got to go to Hebrews, chapter 11. And in Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Somebody say confidence. Confidence. Hey. Confidence, confidence, and an assurance. assurance. Okay. And later on in that uh, chapter, it tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Um, somebody say, he exists. He exists. And he rewards. rewards. Alright. And so the Bible is telling us very clearly that faith is uh, this level of confidence, right, in what we hope for, and this level of assurance in what we do not see. It's kind of what Nala was saying when she said her definition. And in these past two weeks, we've been trying to let y'all know how important faith is, because Scripture tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And why did the verse say that? Why did it say that without faith, it's impossible to please God? If you don't believe he exists, then you're not <laughs> going to be able to please someone you don't know exists, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, um, faith, we tend, we tend to throw the word faith around like a lot, like in church settings, right? Um, but I want y'all to understand that like faith is something y'all use like every day, like for different things, right? Can y'all think of uh, a place or a situation outside of church that you would use faith for this trust or belief assurance in something you haven't seen yet. Like, where, where we use faith, yes, I mean, most of the time at school, whenever you have a big test coming up, and you have faith that you have. Yeah, right? So, like, in school, right, you have to apply faith um, to, like, a lot of what you're doing, okay? Any other examples of this in your everyday life, you know? Like, school, you have to have faith that the teacher knows what they're, like, teaching. Yeah, 
That's actually real, right? The teacher stands in front of you for like a couple hours and they teach you stuff and you just kind of have to trust that what they're teaching you is facts, right? That's a level of faith that you guys have to exercise on a daily basis when you are at school. Any other examples of like faith and practice? Yeah. Um, faith that, um, yeah, faith that you are not keeps you safe wherever you go, right? Like when you guys are driving in the car, you know how much faith you're exercising? You're trusting people to not run red lights, not to turn into your car, not to stomp on the brakes all willy-nilly. Like, you guys are trusting that that won't just happen. Because that would be really stressed if you were really worried like all the time you were in a car that you're about to get hit, right? So you guys are exercising your faith. Even when you sat down in the chairs that you sat in right now, you were exercising a level of faith that these chairs were going to support you when you sat down. Like literally, like you could have sat in this chair and it could have fallen, you could have been all over this floor looking really goofy, right? But that didn't happen. Because you had a level, like you didn't even think about it. Because you're like, yeah, I've sat in this chair a couple of times, I'm good. But that is still a level of faith that was exercised, right? Another example is like if you do a sport, right? Or you learn an instrument, or you have to like practice something, that's like kind of annoying, right? Like I don't know if you've ever like had to run laps or like, do some sort of exercise for, for whatever sport you're doing where like, it feels pretty like timeless. Like you're like, bro, this isn't game seven. This isn't like, this isn't a championship. Like, like I'm in pain right now, I'm winning this lap, these laps, right? But you need some level of faith in your coaches that like the training that you are doing during practice is actually what's gonna make you win that game seven. That's what's gonna make you get that like PR on like your run, right? It's like, you're exercising some level of faith because what faith lets you do is like, you're like, I haven't won yet, I don't sound good, I don't understand the material, and that's the reality of what I see. But what faith lets you do is like, I'm gonna press forward, I'm gonna keep doing these things because I trust that like, I will get what I do not see right now, down the line. Um, and so there's this pattern with faith where um, you have to trust something and your trust needs to lead you to acting, right? Because if you say you trust something, and I'm like, all right, so you, like, if, like, <laughs> a common example people use, like, trust falls, where it's like, all right, you trust me? All right, then fall backwards. Like, they're not looking at it, just fall backwards, right? You won't fall backwards if you don't trust them, right? So your level of faith is, like, tested by if you actually do the thing. And so we see this pattern here of faith where it's like, if you trust, then you have to act on that faith, right, to achieve something you don't see. And so we're going to do a quick recap of the last two um, messages that uh, we had here about faith. And so um, two weeks ago, uh, it might have been more than two weeks, two messages ago, um, Olivia shared something about faith. Does anyone remember what um, Bible verses or things that Olivia had mentioned in her message? Um, Hints, it has to do with a dad, a daughter, and a woman. Yeah, Chelsea? Um, she talked about Mark chapter 5, verse 21 to 43. Okay, what was that? What was that? Quick synopsis. Um, the lady, he's allowed to walk it through. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great time. Give her a round of applause. Right, 
So yeah, in that story, there were two different things actually happening at the same timeline. There was a guy named Jairus, his daughter was sick and about to die. And so Jairus runs to Jesus and he's like, yo, Jesus, my daughter, like what I can see is that my daughter is sick and about to die, but I trust that like you can heal her. So Jesus is like, bet. So Jesus is going to heal her, and all of a sudden, this woman who's been bleeding for years because she's been sick, like she's like, yo, Jesus is coming through. Let me, like, I'm bleeding. What I see right now is that I'm bleeding, right? And I've been bleeding for years and years and years, but I am going to trust that he is able to do something about it. So she touches him. And when she touches him, Jesus is like, yo, I was just touched. And the power from him goes into her and heals her. And he tells her, like, woman, your faith has healed you, so, like, go forth. Um, this is, like, right? This is an act of faith. They believed that Jesus would do something before it happened, and so they acted on it, and they found Jesus. And so that was what Olivia's message was coming through. And so um, does anyone remember what Theo's message was on? Japanese? We talked about faith. We talked about faith. <laughs> <laughs> and like radical faith. And radical faith. Yeah. And we gave examples from like Genesis. And we gave examples from Genesis. Yeah. I'm just gonna go. Genesis 24, 1, 20, 24. 
uh, for this final passage that we're about to get into. Um, so before we read the passage, uh, it's going to be Daniel chapter 10. So if y'all want to start flipping, it's Daniel chapter 10. Um, but I'm going to lay some context here for you. And that context comes really in two pieces. Um, first one uh, that's important is that y'all know that um, there's like the physical and then there's like the spiritual, right? Is that, does that kind of make sense to everyone? There's the physical and then there's the spiritual. And among the spiritual, there is good, people who like rock with the Lord, and then there's bad, people who don't rock with the Lord. Um, and they are heavenly beings, like angels who do things on the behalf of the Lord, and demons who are like, we don't rock with the Lord, so we'll do things for Satan, right? Like, and like y'all like watch Marvel and like all those other things where there's like a whole bunch of like supernatural stuff happening, right? Like to some extent, like there's a reality for us that like there are spiritual things that we do not see that are happening, right? So I want everybody to be on the page about that. That like there's there are spiritual things that happen. So that's the first thing. And now we're gonna come back down to the book of Daniel. Um, so. Uh, What's the context of Daniel, uh, where Daniel is happening, is that um, Israel um, has already made it to the promised land, right? The, the Lord has already taken them to the promised land. Um, but uh, per usual, uh, they begin to be disobedient, right? They, they, they basically do not listen to the promises of the Lord. And so they begin sinning against the Lord. And so what happens is that the Lord allows their enemies um, to basically win uh, for a season. And so uh, what happens is that this really powerful nation called Babylon, everybody say Babylon? Babylon. Nice, that's one more time? Great. Right, they come and they uh, basically conquer Jerusalem. Uh, they, they conquer the people of God and they take them into exile, right? And exile just means they take you from your land and they bring you in basically as like slaves, right? To, and you do not have rights in your land, you do not have power in your land, you've been taken. And so that's the context of the book of Daniel. Um, and that's where it kind of like begins. Um, can anybody tell me anything about Daniel? <laughs> yeah, can anybody tell me something about uh, Daniel, the book of Daniel, that y'all know? Or about Daniel as a person? Okay, Daniel got thrown into a lion's den. Anybody else remember something about Daniel? Yeah, he served, yeah, there were multiple kings he was under. Uh, are there anybody else remember anything about Daniel? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so what was that? We're the big ticket items here, right? So this, this guy, Daniel, shows up because uh, when they are taken into exile, essentially, they're like, we want the best guys from um, the Israelites to, to come over. Um, and Daniel's part of this group. He's really smart, he's really talented, and he really loves the Lord. And so they're like, Grace, like you will come, we'll train you, and you will do things for us. And Daniel's a huge man of faith. And so a lot of different things happen from uh, his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They get like thrown into the fire, and they don't burn, which is wild, right? Um, and then uh, Daniel eventually, uh, because he doesn't want to bow down to, uh, to like, idols, he also gets thrown into a lion's den. And the Lord closes the mouth of the lions, and they, uh, Daniel comes out alive, and the king is like, Pause. Like, clearly, whoever your God is, is grace. Because even before I threw you into this den, you were not 
willing to like listen to my command because you trusted your God. And so Daniel's faith in God and his friends' faith in God actually uh, motivate the king to be like, God is actually good because y'all like, had so much faith in him, you did this impossible thing, and the Lord like took care of you. So clearly, the person who's taking care of you is grace. Right? So this is the context of Daniel. And so we're going to fast forward to Daniel chapter uh, 10 here. And at this point, Daniel is um, he's, he's in a high government position. Um, and uh, Babylon actually got conquered, you know, it's like they had to conquer some people, some people conquered Babylon, but Daniel's still around, um, and he's, uh, he's in his mid-80s, right, he's, he's pretty old at this point, um, and uh, essentially he's about to get some visions, and they're about to kind of wreck him, <laughs> and so we're going to hop in, um, uh, in in Daniel here, chapter 10, let me find it real quick. So for the sake of time, I am going to uh, read this for us. Um, so that actually, wait, I'm gonna have someone volunteer. Who wants to read Daniel chapter? Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, um, Zoe hasn't done something for us today, so I'm gonna have Zoe read. Um, Zoe did sing. She did sing. He can. He, he got a whole box right here ready. All right, yeah, volunteer. Sorry. Already, uh, I so I'm gonna need you um, to give us one, yes, some one read of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna read the first time uh, verses first real quick. Daniel chapter ten, verse one to ten. In the third year of Cyrus king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named El and the word was true, and it was a great conflict, and he understood the word and had understanding of the wisdom. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meats or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, this is the time Chris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold and a pad around his waist. His body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like lean and burnished bronze. And the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who, who were with me do not, did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell, fell upon them, and they, led, they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength left, was left in me. My radiant appearance, appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard, the sound of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep, with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Amen. Amen. Um, cool. So I'm going to break down this passage, um, this line by line, um, and then we'll jump into the rest of it. Okay, so what is happening right now is a uh, quick recap here of what Nelly just read. Right, everybody walk in, everybody walk in, all right? So it's the 
Uh, yeah, so at some period here, uh, I mentioned Daniel is in his late 80s, right? And one of the gifts Daniel has been given is the um, ability to interpret dreams. And so throughout his time um, in Babylon, the kings actually reach out to him and they're like, yo, this dream has come through. I'm going to need you to interpret it for me. Um, and Daniel's the only one who can interpret it accurately, right? And so he himself begins getting some visions as well um, in his life. And so um, he, verses 1 through 3, we read um, that uh, uh, the word came to Daniel and it was a great conflict. Um, and he understood the word. Um, he understood the word and the understanding of the vision also came to him. And this troubled him, right? He sees this vision. And not only is it like, this is not just a bad dream, right? It's like, we've all had, who's here had like a nightmare before? Like you just woke up and you were shook. You were like, right? So Daniel has this vision. He sees this thing and he knows it's real, right? He knows that nightmare is real and about to come and happen. And so what happens? So what does Daniel do, right? He begins to mourn. And the exact reason for his mourning isn't completely known, but we know the things that are happening around the, around the time, right? We know that um, his, his people are in exile, right? Um, and we know that he deeply cares for his people. And so he begins to seek the Lord uh, for how long? How long does Daniel seek the Lord for? It says it uh, here in uh, verse 3 somewhere. Yeah, three weeks. He seeks the Lord for three weeks. Um, and he, as he does this, he actually, um, he denies himself of certain things, right? Um, what are some of the things that Daniel denies himself of? Yeah, of, of, of certain types of food, right? What else? Wine, right? What else? Yeah, lotions, right? And so what Daniel is doing is that he is depriving and denying himself of certain things when he's going to the Lord. Uh, he's, he's, uh, a lot of these things are symbols of celebration and wealth, right? And he's like, no, bro, like, I am mourning because, like, this terrible thing is about to happen. And, and what does he do when he, what does he do as he's um, denying himself of things? Like, what, what is he doing at the same time? Right? He's praying and seeking the face of the Lord, right? So, <laughs> um, oftentimes, um, we, uh, Oftentimes we know that um, sometimes we fast, right? We deny ourselves food in particular. That's what we're denying ourselves of, right? Um, and who here is ever fasted? Ooh, cool, cool, nice. They all have had examples uh, fasting. Um, I, I remember when I was uh, younger and didn't necessarily understand the purpose uh, of a fast. They were like, yo, we're fasting. I was like, Grace, well, not great, because you know, we like food, but I'd be like, Grace. Um, and uh, as the day would go on, I would be like, all right, so I guess that means go breakfast, I guess that means go lunch, and then I'll be there for dinner. And that was my focus, right? It's like I am denying myself um, of food, and I'm denying myself um, of different things, right? Uh, sometimes people will go on like social media fast or something like that. Uh, in general, fast is usually tied directly to food, but self-denial is not. You can deny yourself of a lot of things. You can deny yourself of social media. You can deny yourself of... TikTok, you can, like, you can deny yourself of a lot of things, right? And the main thing here is that when you are denying yourself, you need to fill yourself with the Lord. Um, it's not enough for you to simply deny yourself of food or social media. 
you must also seek the face of the Lord. Because what you are doing when you deny yourself is that you put your flesh in a very vulnerable state. You are emptying yourself of something that like you like, that sustains you, that is, yeah, that's honestly sometimes good for you and sometimes not as great for you, right? You're, you're choosing to take that step. And what you need to do is also seek the Lord in that space, right? Because when you seek the Lord when your flesh is weak, when you seek the Lord when you're denying yourself, you set your mind and your heart up in a position to hear from the Lord in a way that is harder to do when you're distracted. And so we see that's what Daniel is doing. He presses into the Lord, right? And so as in the future, as we, we fast or even as you choose to deny yourself of things, like, hey, so you de- decided to delete Instagram for the week. Why don't you, like, replace the location of Instagram on your home screen with, like, the Bible app, right? So that impulse that you have to, like, go back to Instagram, like, the Bible app is there to remind you that, like, you are denying yourself of something so that you can press into the Lord. And so we see Daniel do this, right? And so as we go down, uh, he is fasting for, for three weeks, and then he sees this uh, vision. And in this vision, um, some interesting things happen, right? He's, he's actually like at a river with a bunch of different people. Um, and this is actually like really, um, this is really like profound, right? Because what happens is that he sees this vision, he sees this person that is coming who is just like, like that description is just something else, right? Um, this, this angelic being comes towards him. Um, and, and what happens is that he sees this and he falls on his face. And what's really interesting here is that there are people around him. And it tells us that uh, in verse 7, it says, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling uh, fell upon them, uh, and they fled uh, to hide themselves. So this is interesting, right? Because Daniel sees the vision, and then there are people that are next to him who don't see the vision, but they react, right? They react. And, and what this is like really showing us is that like sometimes like profoundly spiritual things can happen around us, but it's possible to not perceive them, right? It's possible to not actually pick up what is happening around us spiritually, right? So even though Daniel himself is he, he sees the thing fully. He sees all the details that are happening. The other people around him are like, uh, something just happened. I don't know if it was a flash. I don't know what it was. But we also see this happen again in like um, in the New Testament with like Saul when he gets the vision on the road to Damascus. Right? The people around him flee. They don't see the same thing he sees, but like something happens to them and they flee. And so it's really important for y'all to like recognize that like. Even though um, spiritual things can be happening around you, it's possible for you to miss out, right? So sometimes it might be like a healing and deliverance service or something, and whoever is in charge will be calling out things that they are seeing and things that are happening spiritually that like we're, we just like, kind of miss out on. And so um, it's important that when these spiritual like, ex- um, experiences happen that like sometimes we can't always explain like why somebody has fallen um, or is like, before the Lord in that way. But the thing to pick up from that is like, to ask like, what did that spiritual experience like create in them, right? What was the fruit of that spiritual experience, right? Was it healing? Are they walking healed afterwards? Did did the spiritual experience increase their faith, right? Like what was the impact of that spiritual experience? And so, um, yeah, so we see Daniel kind of fall on his face. and the first words that that angelic being says to Daniel after this dude is shook, 
Like, he's literally, she's like, he's 85 years old, bro. Like, <laughs> this dude is wiped out. Um, and one of the first words this angelic being speaks to this, like, man of God who is terrified. Right? We jump in at verse 10. What are, what are some of the, what, what's the, what does the angelic being say uh, to Daniel? So verse 11 reads, um, O Daniel, a man greatly loved, understand the words that I am speaking to you. Various versions of the Bible and translations say other things. It says, uh, some will say, Daniel, like greatly loved, Daniel, very precious to me, Daniel, like highly esteemed. Right? Look at the look at the heart of the Lord when he goes to his son to give him a message, and he's terrified. The first thing the Lord says and reminds Daniel is that he is loved, right? Like, he is loved. <laughs> Growing up in this church, uh, when spiritual things would happen, I was shook, bro. I was like, I'm not trying to be up there. I'm not trying to drop. I'm not trying to be that guy who was... Anyways, right? When spiritual experiences and, and when the Lord is uh, doing things in our lives, um, as it's, it's very important that like, to, to know it's the Lord and to know that it is... Um, yeah, to, to know that it is the Lord and to, to trust him um, is to know that he loves you, right? The first words that are spoken over Daniel is Daniel, like, my precious, right? My beloved. Um, and so that's, that's how this begins. This is how this message begins. He knows his son has just seen this vision. He knows his son is, like, terrified. He's like, like Daniel, like, my beloved. And so then we get into the uh, kind of some more beat here of the uh, chapter. And this is where I actually want everybody to pay attention. This is kind of like the main, the main part of what we're I'm going to be pressing into. So like, if if you can like fall asleep, or you can like you know struggle a little bit, like let's 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 walk in for this part here. So I'm gonna read. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, for uh, eleven down. Right. So we just we we just kind of recap what happened. Daniel had a vision. Angelic being comes, Daniel is like falling on his face, and um, yeah, he's, he's been on his face for a little bit, and so I'm going to jump back to you from 10, and so it reads, and behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees, and he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you, and when he had spoken this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before the Lord, your word, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the king of Persia, and came to make um, to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days for the visions of the days yet to come. Yes. He <laughs> um, says a lot here. Um, stands Daniel up and he tells him that Daniel, from the first day you started praying, the Lord heard you. I want y'all to like pay attention to this. From the first day Daniel started praying, the Lord heard him. 
And not only did the Lord hear Daniel, the Lord sent an angel. That's a... <laughs> the Lord sent a, a, a heavenly angelic being as a result of Daniel's prayer. Um, I want you to understand uh, two things about uh, uh, prayer as they relate um, to faith here. So, um, something that you guys are going to have to figure out how to discern well in your walk is how to hold things that are really different um, as, a, as a believer. Because the Bible will say like something that sounds like it's right here, because it is, and then it will say something that's over here. Um, and the reality is they're actually both true. You just need to know how to like hold them together and apply them, right? And so when it comes to prayer, there is um, there is this understanding that uh, when we pray, prayer changes us as people, right? There is um, yeah, prayer changes us as people in the sense that when we pray, we're like encouraged. When we pray, we are strengthened. When we pray, we are healed. Right? Prayer does things to us by ourselves when we are communing with God. Um, but the thing is, if you only hold this as the only thing that prayer does, um, you will miss out on a lot. There's this kind of phrase that kind of gets tossed around. It's like prayer uh, does not change God. Prayer only changes you. And there's like some truth to that. There's actually a lot of truth to that. Prayer, God is unchanging. So your prayers aren't going to actually change God's heart or character. Right? Um, but what prayer does, and this is the second part, this is the second arm of prayer that we need to understand. Prayer can move things, right? Prayer can move the hand of God in a direction. Um, again, prayer will not change uh, God's like character, but it can move his hand in a direction. And what this means, right, I think sometimes, uh, I think growing up in this church, you have a better understanding of this than some people do, but when we pray, things happen and things move in the spiritual realm, right? And the opposite of this is true. It actually means that sometimes when we don't pray, certain things won't happen, right? So prayer itself is actually this like incredibly practical thing that's also in some ways a little bit of a mystery, right? It's a mystery in the sense that we don't know exactly how like our prayers cause things to happen spiritually, but we know it does. Because we've seen it time and time again in Scripture, and the Lord tells us that our prayers actually do things for us. Right? And so we need to hold both of these things to be true. That like prayer changes us in terms of giving us courage and hope, and then prayer also causes incredible things to happen in the spiritual realm. And so in this verse over here, um, we, we see the Lord actually kind of peel the curtain back a little bit spiritually to see what Daniel's prayers did. So let me reread this for us, okay? And so it says, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day you set your heart to understanding and humbled yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come to you. So this angel was sent from the Lord right when he prayed, like day one. God was like, go to Daniel, okay? Um, and, but what happens to this angel? Why, why did it take so long to, to come to Daniel? All 
right? <laughs> so in this verse, it mentions uh, the king of Persia. Um, so it's not actually, so because this king of Persia was able to like hold back uh, this angel of the Lord, we know that's not a person. Like humans can't hold back like very heavenly bodies. And so when they reference the king of Persia, they're actually talking about a, um, a basically like a, a, a demon, basically someone who is spiritual, who occupies the realm um, that is around uh, uh, Persia, right? This is this kind of this, this this spiritual force that is around Persia, and so God sends this angel at the first prayer. He's like, "Go," and then the force of darkness is like, "Nah, like you can't get to Daniel because I know what's going to happen if you get to Daniel." And so He opposes him. And how long does this spirit oppose this angel that was sent to Daniel? Yeah, 21 days. How long was Daniel fasting and praying for? Does anyone remember earlier in the chapter? Three weeks. How many days is three weeks? 21 days. And so from day one, when Daniel started praying, an angel was sent. And this angel was in conflict for 21 days. And so Daniel's prayers and his fasting were doing things in the spiritual realm to help that angel get to him. Right? We don't know what would happen if Daniel like, gave up on the 12th day. He's like, the Lord didn't hear me. I'm done. Right? I don't know. Right? But we know that as Daniel continued to press into prayer, it did things in the spiritual realm that allowed for the angel to come through to give him an answer to this message. And so the big thing here is like sometimes our prayers aren't answered like right away, right? We, we want quick answers to our prayers, but the reality is sometimes they don't come. And that could be for a lot of different reasons. But we see here in this example from Daniel that one of the reasons was actually because um, there was a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare that was happening that was unseen to Daniel, but Daniel, in faith, continued to pray, and as he prayed, he helped win that battle to bring that message to him. And so we don't know the reasons why uh, our prayers don't get answered all the time. Um, I think sometimes some of us will feel like, dang, like, what am I doing to be in this situation? Right? Like, in Daniel's case, Daniel was pretty good. <laughs> like, he, he followed the Lord, he prayed, he did all the things that he needed to, yet, like, this answer was not coming. Right? Right? He didn't start questioning God, he didn't start um, losing heart, but he pressed into his, his faith, his trust that the Lord answers prayers. And so he continued to pray, and unbeknownst to him, his prayers were tearing things up <laughs> in the spiritual realm. Um, and eventually, uh, this, this prayer was answered. And so it's important for y'all to understand that like a delayed prayer is not a denied prayer, right? Just because the answer was delayed doesn't mean that it was denied. Um, and, and sometimes, even though we do not know the reason our prayer, our prayers may not be answered right away or at the timing that we, uh, we want, the response is always the same. Like the thing that you should do is always the same. What is that? 
Yeah, have faith. And what should that faith like drive you to do? Yeah, to keep praying, right? Because um, in many ways, uh, what because yeah, you have to understand that like faith unlocks things, and that's not just like a nice little thing y'all can go on Insta like after this, right? Um, <laughs> prayer can like unlock things in the sense um, that there are realities that are like not seen, right? It's like I can't see what's past my hand right now. I can only see as far as my hand, right? And like in, in some cases, this could be like you can only see your family, right? Your family situation. You might have grown up in like a, 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 a difficult like household, right? Where it's chaotic, people are yelling, they don't know how to talk properly to each other. All you can see is this household. Um, but what faith, will let you, what faith does is that like there's actually a reality behind what you can see, right? There's a reality like on the other side uh, of what you can see. And you cannot, you will not fight for that reality. You will not be able to basically get there unless you trust that it exists enough to do the work and to trust the Lord to like move, to open the door for that reality to happen. And so like a couple of weeks ago, like our sister Theo shared a little bit about her story, right? Where it's like, she, she, the way things were growing up were hard. Like what she saw was hard, but she trusted the Lord for better. She trusted the Lord for better. And so her sight, right, would have failed her. If, she, if all she believed was her sight, her sight would fail her. Yet she believed the Lord for what was behind, what was, what was more. And in doing so, she walked in faith. And, the, and in walking in faith, the Lord allowed her to, to, to see that reality. And now she's going to be able to walk in that reality. Amen? Right? And so this is the power of faith. Because sight will fail you. It tells us in um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that we live by faith, not by sight. Let's say that one more time. We live by and not by sight, right? Because if you live by sight, you will stop like at what we see, but faith allows us to walk in a future that we cannot see. Um, and so this is really important um, for us, and I kind of like how I want us to, to kind of close things, right? Because the reality here is that like our prayers uh, do things that sometimes we can't see, but we can trust the Lord to be doing that work. Um, like literally, there are going to be times where you guys will pray, and you did not realize that your prayer just like equipped some angel to like knock out a demon. Like literally, your prayers like help push things in the spiritual realm to help to like protect your family. So the demon was coming, he was coming to do something to your family, wreak havoc, and your prayers. And, and like and again, I mentioned like there's, there's a mystery in prayer, but we know that there's a reality to it as well. And so your prayer did something to help protect your family that you did not even realize, but you trusted. You're like, Lord, please protect my family as we sleep. Uh, as we sleep, right? And I can't tell you if your prayer like made him swing left or made him swing right, but all we know is that he swung, and now that demon didn't hit your family, and now you're good, <laughs> right? And so we don't need to know the details, but we can trust the Lord that when he says that our prayers do things that they do. Um, and so that's, that's the takeaway here. And so today we talk a lot about spiritual things. Um, and sometimes, you know, we get kind of lost in the sauce, 
the spiritual sauce of sense, right? Like angels, demons, like we can kind of get lost um, in, in our understanding um, of things. But I think the most important takeaway when we discuss spiritual things um, is to understand that regardless of the power, whether it be in heaven or below, we know that we get access to have a relationship with a name that is above every name, right? That the knee, every um, that every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. We get to have a relationship with the one who stands over all spiritual things, right? And so even if you don't understand the intricacies, like you don't have to, right? You don't have to because you have access to the one who controls and who has power over all of them. And so we don't just have access to him, we have invitation to a relationship with the one who controls all of these things. And so, and he doesn't just, you know, give you an invitation. He loves you so much that he bought that invitation for you with his own life. Um, and so we know that uh, Jesus, um, our Lord um, and our Savior, stands like supreme, like over all that is spiritual. And so um, we know that he has like the ultimate sin um, in all of these things. And so, um, yeah, so I want to end uh, with kind of, uh, like one or two, like with, with two things. One, the reality is that like everything in this world um, isn't just uh, isn't just physical, and everything isn't just spiritual, right? If your teacher came to work with an attitude, it doesn't mean she's a demon, right? The reality is she might have gotten cut off on the way to work if things are hard at home, right? Not everything um, is necessarily spiritual, um, and not everything is necessarily physical, right? Like every time you walk past that one, like, kind of creepy looking house, like, you, you run out of breath. Like, oh, there's a chance there's something going on there, right? So the reality is, like, as I mentioned before, like, you will learn how to, how to hold both of these things um, to be true, and the Lord is the one who gives us discernment to walk in that. And so we don't have to, like, fear. We don't have to um, be scared. But what we do need to do is have faith. We need to trust that God who is over these things, and our faith needs to push us to walk. Um, and so I want to end things on Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, right? I've got to already rise to your feet as we are about to, um, we're going to pray a little bit real quick, um, right? Uh, Ephesians 3, 20 tells us that now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ and throughout generations forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so we serve a God um, who is powerful, and he lets our prayers do some pretty powerful things, um, even with the little faith that we have. Um, and so right now, um, you know, we don't have to fear uh, the future. We don't have to fear the spiritual realm um, if, <laughs> if you are in Christ, right? If you are in Christ, know Christ, if he is your Savior, um, then you know that even as these things will come, again, things will be delayed, right? And even in the delay, like God is sovereign, right? Because even as the prayer was delayed for Daniel here, Daniel learned persistence. He learned what it took to pray and to trust the Lord. So right now, I want to encourage you, one, if you have not given your life to the Lord, right? Uh, this is an opportunity to do so. Um, and not because you are fearful, um, but 
because I, the Lord has loved you so much that he gives you an opportunity to do that. He loves you so much that he gives you an opportunity um, to, to put your trust in him um, so that you don't 